to Simpler. We are three pastors, husbands, and fathers on a journey to make life simpler by holding Jesus as the core for every belief and practice. This journey has shaped us to be more like Christ, freed us from the shame of failure, and encouraged us to a deeper love of our Lord and God. We invite you to join us in the discussions that have shaped and continue to shape our lives. Exactly. So like I think the ones you great. gave me, Ryan, to try out, you have to hold the lighter on there for a while mm-hmm. to get it going. The ones I have, you just light the wick, and then it Brilliant. it takes a minute or two for it to like actually light the the whole piece the to block. catch on fire. But then that block will will stay lit for like fifteen to twenty minutes. See, that's dope, and I, yeah, I think it's super easy. Go sell some. It just water looks starters. like jerky, apparently, in that bag. So just don't let your kids. Don't. <laughs> <laughs> Why does this jerky have a wick in it? There was one of my favorite videos. Was uh, this guy came home and he was like, "I'm a, I'm going to show you guys what I saw." And then I'm going to ask if my actions were as deplorable as my family says they are. And so he holds up this package that says, it's just a little plastic box that says Jolly Rancher across the front. <laughs> and, he's, and he opens it and it's this bar that has this bite just taken out of it. Well, it's Scentsy Wax. <laughs> <laughs> so he grabbed this bar oh. and he, he was like, I didn't know Jolly Rancher made this big of bars and just took a big bite out of it. And so he, it was since it was, a, it smelled yeah, yeah. like uh, orange or whatever oh. Jolly Rancher. <laughs> oh. And he was like, I just need to know if I'm absolutely insane because this is a food company and I thought this was a food. And he was like, but apparently a lot of the comments were like, why don't you actually just think about it for a second before you start taking, <laughs> taking bites out of things? You don't just grab anything. Like, I'm going to eat this. That's funny. Well, hey. Uh, we're not going to the PCC or anything today, Ryan. We're just, oh, right, it's, it's, right. It's the fifth Tuesday. We're talking about wax. We're talking about wax. We're talking Ear about wax and toe jam. I'm going to make my next first stars look like a Snickers bar. You should, man. Yeah. <laughs> See how many people eat them. <laughs> Dude. There's a guy that makes, I think it's pretty cool. He makes candles that looks like, that look like bowl of cereal, bowls of cereal. It's awful. And so he'll like, he had, hey, so I thought that he just had a mold that he would put different colors in, colors in. Um, but he does everything individually. So like if he did, when he did a fruit loop thing, he had individual little, uh, circles that he would mold out all the different colors and stuff. And then he had a white wax that he would pour in to fill the bowl of cereal and like, and it was pretty cool, but I'm curious if anybody actually, I bet a lot of people fell for it. My mom had a, had a, a Dr. Pepper candle by her, Mm. uh, by her Mm. desk and it was it was in a old school like diner glass, and so there were several times where I'd be sitting there working there when I was younger, and I would just reach over there and grab. Me. Oh shoot, that's not that's the, that's the candle. <laughs> yeah, I do anyway. that with my paint water sometimes. Did you take you take drinks out of it? So no, can, but if my if if my drink whatever I'm drinking does mm-hmm. not have a lid on it, then my brain just looks over and sees an open cup. And grabs paint water, so and I haven't had a drink yet. <laughs> but every painter talks about, and, and especially because a lot of us will use like old coffee mugs or old mugs, yeah, like, yeah. you know. So you're just like you got your thing there, and it's just like you've you, you used like witch witch cups and stuff like that. Yeah, like, yeah. So it's, it's the food, yep. yeah, yeah. And or it's so, a restaurant. So I have to, I ha- I have to have my drink has to have a lid on it because uh-huh. then my brain recognizes the difference. My uncle Butch used to spit his. Tobacco Ooh. into a can like this, mm-hmm. like a duck, like Pepper a can or soda whatever. can, yeah, yeah on next to his chair. That'll I'm sure there are many times that people drink out of that. <laughs> yuck, 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 yuck. All right. Anyway, on Fifth Tuesdays, what we do is we jump into a topic or a conversation that we haven't really mapped out for a podcast episode, or we don't, we haven't necessarily. Yeah, it's pretty settled. light this time. Yeah, we haven't really settled on a simpler view, as it were, as we normally do in every episode. 
So it's more, you get more insight into our discussions and our conversations regarding certain things. Kind of feels like all our podcasts have been that way the last know, few years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it might not be that, feel that different than normal, <laughs> but we, we skip the PCC, we skip, uh, we skip my dumb questions and we just jump right. I mean, those dumb questions are very organic and natural. Yeah. They've, uh, they've never been scripted. <laughs> uh, and we just jump right into the topic. So Ryan, what is our topic that we are diving into today? Well, we were in Proverbs last week. We're staying in Proverbs this week. Uh, last week we talked about the sluggard and the diligent. This week we are talking about what Proverbs probably talks about the most, the difference between the wise man and the fool. And, uh, and so there's some similarities between slugger. I think the language gets a lot different, but um, like Proverbs 10, 8 says, the wise of heart receives commandments or the wise of heart receives instruction, but a babbling fool comes to ruin. Uh, we touched on this a little bit last week, the difference between the sluggard, because at the end of Proverbs 26, it says that the sluggard believes he's right in his own eyes. Mm-hmm. And so that's one of the things that we find in, in there's a commonality between the sluggard and the fool. but. Uh, but I, I love I love these two things. So both in chapter 10, 10, 8, the wise of heart receives commandments. And then 10, 14, the wise will lay up knowledge, but the mouth of the fool brings ruin near. So in, in both cases, here's what's interesting. In both cases, the wise person is intaking something and the fool is babbling. Uh, in both cases, the wise person is bringing in information and the wise person, so it says the babbling fool comes to ruin and the mouth of a fool brings ruin near. And, and so um, one of the things that you find as you continue to read through Proverbs is, and we'll get to it, I'm sure eventually, but it says that the fool likes to give full vent to everything in his heart, but the wise man quietly holds it back. And so like, and and look, we're not making a rule, as Mike always says, don't make a rule out of this because like there were times that Jesus said, Hey, you belong to your father the devil. So you can't say that like it's call out false teachers. Like that should happen. Sometimes the table's got to get flipped in the synagogue, like uh, or in the temple court. Those things need to happen. But one of the things that seems to be in common with the fool is there's there's not an intake of information. And the wise has an intake of information, but the the fool is just like. I don't know, babbling. How how would you describe babbling in your mind? What what do you think of as babbling? Well, I, actually, what I think of is a phrase from this. Uh, I sound even more nerdy for this, but there's a phrase in Harry Potter <laughs> where nice. in the movies, which is funny because I don't normally quote the movies or anything, where she calls her her class a. Uh, it's this huge long alliteration with all B's but it's bumbling, babbling baboons is the last part of it. So I always think of like, just like more of rambunctious noise, just kind of yelling over each yeah. other type of thing where it's just trying to be heard and nothing really makes sense to anything, anybody trying to listen, but the goal is not listening. It's just, just noise. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think a lot of times about like people who will say um, that like people, when they, when they feel genuinely heard, like when they're coming to somebody for advice, they feel genuine, genuinely heard when they get to speak, kind of like, Hey, here's, here's the situation before the other person jumps in with all their advice, you know, like, let me hear you out. Let me really hear what's going on. Um, I've been trying to do better than that or better at that, um, in like counseling sessions where somebody will come to me and I'll just kind of go, okay, look, just talk to me, just tell me mm-hmm. what it is. And then, um, eventually I'll be able to go, okay, is there a question in here? Is there something that I can specifically speak to? So I'm trying to, cause a lot of times it, in nearly 30 years of doing this, I've had a lot of the same conversations over and over. So I feel like I know where we're going, but mm. 
I think it's also important to kind of hear the nuance of the situation sure. in each case. and Because it's not always what you think. No, it's it, definitely not. I, I, it feels contextually like in verse 8, the wise of the heart will receive commandments or receive instruction, but a babbling fool will come to ruin. Seems to be some kind of implication as like the lack of receiving. So I think Absolutely. of situations where, whether it's me who's done this or I've overheard someone do this, where like someone's giving them instruction and they immediately jump in and say, well, no, 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 this, 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 and this, and this. And yeah. I'm not talking about like a debate or like a theological conversation. I'm talking about like, uh, I'm trying to think of something practical. Like I've said, okay, let's think of something I've said to someone before. Like someone's asked me, it's almost always like this for me. They'll come and ask me a question about something I have some understanding of. Like, mm-hmm. hey, how do you, um, how do you fix this on a house? And I will begin to explain it. And they're like, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. But you need to do it like this and this and this, right? And I'm in my head, I'm like, like, you just asked me. Did you ask me or did you ask you? Like, <laughs> or if you asked me, like, why did you ask me if you didn't think that I had the answer? Like, if you felt like you had the answers, that's what I think of when I think of this text, like a babbling fool. Yeah. Um, that's what it feels like to me as someone who's so, like, so bent on them being right. Mm-hmm. And or at least being perceived as right, that they're yeah. not willing to receive instruction. And so the babbling, I think, almost comes as a like a defense mechanism to to prove or to show that you know what you're talking about. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it and it brings you to ruin. <laughs> yeah, because like it doesn't the, get fixed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So like this brings destruction on you. Uh someone goes, Hey Ryan, how does my marriage get better? And you're like, Well, you make marriage about Jesus. Well, no, no, no. But isn't marriage about this and this and this? And you're, I love how gracious and patient you are while you still are willing to like say it straight to their face. Not always. Because, but, yeah. well, I'm just saying because you're willing to have that conversation with them. Yeah. I usually walk away. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, well, if you don't want to know what I have to say, then. <laughs> Peace out. Yeah. So you're really good at that. But that's what I think of when I think of babbling fool is someone who is like compensating for their ignorance by trying to prove or per- be perceived as someone who knows what they're talking about. Yeah. Even though they obviously don't. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, we'll get to that in just a second. Uh, I'll jump to it really quickly, but it's in Proverbs twelve fifteen, it says the way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but a wise man listens to advice mm-hmm. or listens to counsel. And, and I think, I think one of the things that, that people maybe read that, and they go, oh yeah, the wise man takes counsel. I don't know that it's always taking the counsel, but seeking counsel. It's, well, it's. Like, I think it's it's receiving. If you receive someone's counsel, I think it's that you heard what they said and you processed it. Yes. It, taking counsel means that you always do exactly what that person says, and I don't yeah, yeah. think that's always the wisest thing to do. Sure. I think you have to process the situation, process the information given, sure. and make a decision. It's not like you always just do what everybody says. There are many mm-hmm. times in ministry where people come up to us and said, you You're should do ministry like this. <laughs> yeah. And it doesn't mean we didn't hear what they said. Yeah. Like even when someone told us, mm, that's not true. When someone told you years ago that we wouldn't make it because we're doing ministry wrong. Yeah. Um, they were stupid and it was a stupid statement, but it didn't mean that it didn't spark conversations with us where we went, mm-hmm. okay, is there something we should like consider right. in this? So that's what I mean is like, you don't always take the counsel, but it doesn't mean you don't receive what's being said. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I kind of have a, a general rule that I try to follow. I wish I was perfect at it, but I'm not. But like I, my, my general rule is even if the advice is coming from somebody that I perceive as a fool, I want to like drill down and go, wait, is there something in this that I sure. need to consider? Sure. Is there something in this I need to look at? So the, again, the difference between the wise person and the fool is the fool already believes that they're right in their own eyes. And, and like, if you go back to theological conversations that we've had through the years, Micah, there have been many times that you and I have been on the opposite sides of a position 
And our conversation has not been in in an attempt to prove one of ourselves right. Mm-hmm. It has been we've argued strongly for our positions, sure. but the but the position the aim was let's get to the bottom of it. Let's yeah. get to the truth of it. And and so Yeah, and, so it doesn't mean that you don't like it doesn't mean you don't have strong opinions or like right. or like take on a, a thought and like argue for the thought. It's it's if you're unwilling to move from that. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, I believe that I'm right about the things that I believe about the scripture right now. That does not make me a fool. You have to have this whole verse in the context. Mm -hmm. The fool believes he's right in his own eyes. The wise man listens to advice. So, so the implication is that the fool, like you just said, is, is unwilling to be changed. You're not going to change his mind. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and so, I mean, gosh, in a practical way, couldn't we just say it's like, it's like foolish. Let's take spiritual stuff out for a moment. Yeah. Just practically it's probably foolish to not glean from any anybody you can yeah it's it's foolish to say like if someone was like hey well, this is a bad example because i'm i'm not actually a great woodworker i'm creative but if someone was like hey here's a better way to do that woodworking um it would be foolish of me even if it's someone who's been doing woodworking for 4 months yeah to not go let me let me like process what you're saying and see if there's actually like yeah is it possible they could have figured out some genius way, more creative, efficient sure. way to do it in four months? Sure. Sure. So it's it's foolish to not glean. It doesn't mean I always take it. There's like I might a, walk away and go, that's not going to work. Mm-hmm. There's an episode of Parks and Rec. Um, you've watched that. You haven't. Mm-mm. There's an F- Ron Swanson. Are you familiar with that mm-hmm. character? So he does woodworking and all this stuff. Very manly man. And he ends up married and he ends up having two stepdaughters. And he is helping build stuff for their school's play. And uh, Jordan... Uh, or is it it's Jordan Peele and somebody Key, who's Key and Peele, right? Anyway, yeah, yeah, yeah. one of them, Key, I think, is in this, and he's a somewhat effeminate drama teacher. He has a bag, and he's offering muffins and all that stuff all the time, <laughs> and Ron doesn't like him. And so he comes up to Ron, and he goes, what are you working on? And Ron tells him what he's working on, and he goes, you know what? And he reaches into his bag, and he pulls out a tool. He goes, this right here will help you with your miter joints and blah, 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 blah. And he does all this stuff, and then they finish each other's sentence, and Ron goes, yeah. And he goes, yeah. And, and like, he starts helping them. And it's just hilarious because it's like, they're the, the antithesis of one another. Yeah. But then Ron goes, huh. And like then he goes, actually he goes, okay. And then the guy goes, would you like some breakfast food? And Ron's <laughs> like, yes. So he pulls that, pulls that out. And you can see like, and anyway, it's just funny because Ron throughout the whole show is known for being like, I know what I'm talking about and everybody mm-hmm. else is idiots. And that's how he feels about this guy until this guy goes, you know what would really help with that? I have this little piece that I happen to make right here that's that fits with this. Like, uh, he's like, well, yeah, that'd be perfect. Yeah. <laughs> and I know it's a sitcom, but like uh there's so much growth in I was thinking about the phrase the other day. There's so much growth in being able to hear people, yes. listen to people. I was thinking about this statement the other day that youth is is um is wasted on the young, you know, however that phrase goes. Yeah. Because because I think of who I was at 20 and I think of who I was, you know, in my late teens and I think of the ambition that I had and there's depression as well. But like, uh, I think, man, who could I be now at closing in, you know, on 49, who could I be now if I had put all the energy I have now into learning, into growing into my life in my twenties? Like, you know, like, dang it. Like all the books I could have read, all the things I could have learned, all the thoughts I could have thunk, you know, like Mm -hmm. it just, and, and I just, now I have, I was telling you guys before we started recording today that 
a year and three months away from 50 years old has really got me thinking like, what do I want these, this latter half of my life to look like? And what do I want to spend my time on? What do I want to know? And it's, wouldn't it be beautiful to have the insight and the ability to start thinking that way at 20? And I think that some people do. I didn't. Yeah. Some people are able to listen to people, their elders and go, Hey, help me, like, help me learn this. And I, I think wise people are inquisitive, you yeah. know, yeah, they're, yeah. They're, because they're, I don't think it's just that they're listening to counsel. I think that they're probably seeking it out, you know, like, Hey, help me on this. Like it, how beautiful would it be to, if, if I had gone to somebody at 20 years old, I, I knew people at 20 years old who were in their mid to late thirties who had started businesses what beautiful things I could have done if I'd gone to them and said, Hey, tell me how you did that. Like, how do I learn how to do this? Like, I don't know. Yeah. Just, just the idea of like a, a, a wise, a wise person is constantly learning. Yes. And learning for, specifically from people. There, there's no doubt in my mind in my twenties, I was a fool. There, I always thought I was right. I was, I was not very willing to be taught. It does seem like that seems to be the correlation here is that a fool is wise in his own eyes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And a wise man cleans from people and yeah. other things as a dog returns to his vomit. So a fool returns to his folly. Like there's yep. this consistency of foolishness where you, for your sounds like for your own pride's sake are yep. going to continue to do the same stupid things over and over and over again. Um, these two verses I've always thought were interesting. Proverbs twelve fifteen says the way of a fool. Sorry. That's the one we just did. Proverbs thirteen twenty. uh, whoever walks with the wise becomes wise, but the companion of fools will suffer harm. Hmm. Whoever walks with the wise becomes wise, but the companion of fools suffers harm. It makes me think of First Corinthians where it says that bad company corrupts good morals. Yeah. And and it's interesting because uh, I had a conversation with somebody a couple of years ago and they're like, I just don't know why I've gotten into this trouble. I don't know why this has happened. I don't know why this this has happened. And I just, I just looked at him and I was like, how many times do you think those things have happened to me? And I was like, very serious about it. I was like, how many think, times do you think those exact same types of things have happened to me? And they're like, I don't know. And I was like, never. And I was like, <laughs> and I was like, and you know why? I was like, because all of my friends and all the people that I'm closest to, their aim is Jesus. Mm -hmm. And I make sure that those are the people I spend my time with. So I didn't get caught up in their drama, <laughs> you know? And, and so like, uh, I think it's so interesting that like who, who we allow to invest in us yep. who, and, and here's the reality you can think, oh, I'm not letting them invest in me. If you are investing time with somebody, they're an investment in you one way or the other. Like yeah, Whether you realize it or not. Yep. And, and so those who walk with the wise become wise. And I love that. Like, let's learn from people who are smarter than us. Let's learn from people who, who know more than us. And, um, and the, but the companion of fools suffers harm. Like I, it's, so here's a thought. Give me your take on this. I think there's a distinction between being wise and being smart. Mm-hmm. I know what you were just saying, yeah, but yeah. I do think it's an important point to make. I think sure. that I think there's a lot of smart people that are really foolish. Oh, agreed. Yeah. And so I think they that, have intelligence. Yeah, yeah. Or even smart in a specific area. Sure. Mm -hmm. So here's a here's an example from churches. Like how many how many like well known pastors have we known in the last five to ten years who have gone off the deep end into like adultery or some kind of sexual yep. sin? And people that we as an example, Ravi Zacharias is way smarter than me. Yes. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. was. <laughs> has, has like uh, an incredible right. memory. Yeah. So like, I don't think it's, I don't think it's, like, I think it, I'll He's say a this. Fool. If, if, if us three had been hanging out with him, like intensely, like closely, there would have been things we would have been like a little bothered by. Like, 
Why is why is this your character? Even if we didn't yeah. know about the yeah. massage parlor and all that stuff, like we would have we would have seen character things that would have been question marks for us, sure. maybe red flags, and we could have said we're learning from someone smarter. But I'm not sure we could have said we're learning hanging out with someone that's wise. We would have sure. we would have seen that I think because well maybe not maybe someone wouldn't see it if that's your only source of of yeah, like, investment like if it's yeah. but mm-hmm. I, my point is like I don't think smarter means wise i don't think they're correlated one-to-one i think sometimes they go together but just because someone's smarter doesn't mean they're they fit in the category of what proverbs calls wise yeah Yeah. um i love i love this concept let's talk about this for a little bit so proverbs 10 23 says doing wrong is like a joke to a fool but wisdom is a pleasure to a man of understanding so the fool delights in what is wrong wisdom is the delight to the person of understanding. And then I'll cross-reference that over here to 1521. Folly is a joy to him who lacks sense, but a man of understanding walks straight ahead. Straight ahead. And, and so this idea that a fool finds pleasure in things that are wicked, finds pleasure in things that I'm going to, I'm going to take it this far. Maybe I shouldn't, but finds pleasure in things that are contrary to the person and character of God, finds pleasure in things that are or not like it is it's amazing to me what some people can find joy in and and i need to remind myself well they're a fool <laughs> the reason that they find this wicked thing this foolishness to be a pleasure is because fools mm-hmm. like they, they they're a, they're a fool the wise person their gaze is fixed straight ahead the wise person delights in wisdom yeah and and the fool delights in folly and wickedness so that that's really telling to me. Like the fool's not a fool by accident. The wise man's not a wise man by accident. Right. They're they're both achieving the thing that delights them. The fool huh. delights in wickedness, and so that's where they land. And the wise person delights in wisdom, and so that's where they land. So it comes down to the heart. Like you're not accidentally a fool. Like. You're delighting in stupidity. You're delighting in wickedness. So that's why you're a fool. All right. So let me ask a spiritual question. Yeah. In that in that vein of thinking, like, I think I could say I know believers. Who, yeah. I'm just going to give them the benefit of the doubt. These are actually believers. Okay. Who fit into both categories of wise and foolish. Okay. Like I can I can see their face in my head. Um. So, here's my thought. I wonder if this is if this is just like wisdom and and folly is not necessarily like changed in like practice by the fact that you're a believer. Yeah. Okay. Uh, um. So let's just it's say it's not an issue of salvation. Right. So let's just say, unless you guys have straight kickback to that, let's just hypothetically not say yet. that's a reality. Yeah. Um. Now it's an issue of like I, I know where my worth rests. It rests in Jesus, but it's a question of like how will I live? How will I act? And there yeah. seems to be like. I know that Proverbs isn't written to believers, right? but if we're going to make some like application for us now, is there a sense where we could say I am um, in one of those two categories by like something that I'm actually doing? So like, am I, am I engaging in wickedness or doing something wrong because it brings pleasure? Like I have a feeling that we would all agree that like our hearts are drawn towards Jesus. So if we're engaging in something that's sinful, there will be a part of us as believers who the spirit is like 
yeah. saying that's not who you are any longer. Like we'll feel people can call it conviction, whatever you call that sense. But it also, I think, doesn't necessarily mean that someone couldn't do that and find what Proverbs is saying here, some kind of like delight in doing sure. wrong. Well, I, I think it's uh, similar to what's being said in, about Moses in Hebrews 11, who forsook the passing pleasures of sin because he considered the reproach of Christ Better. greater riches. Yeah. So it's it's not that sin doesn't offer some sort of pleasure. It's that his delight was rested in Christ rather than that temporary pleasure. Yeah. Each uh, James, each one is tempted one by his own evil desires. He's dragged away and enticed. Yeah. 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 Um, you know, and so like this idea that we find, I don't know. I, I think that the people who are having affairs probably started in the place where they delighted in the idea of an affair. Yeah. I was going to say, I mean, that's the first one that comes to mind is like, this is a blatant, not okay mm-hmm. thing. And yet it's, obviously bringing some pleasure mm-hmm. yeah you are what does he say uh it's like a joke yeah it's yeah. like i mean that's probably not how you're treating your your extramarital relations but you yeah. know to some degree it's like you're doing scoff wrong at, is a joke to yeah. a fool it's and so like, like haha no big deal and so maybe maybe the perspective we should have is not like am i a fool or am i wise but am i acting like a fool or am i acting like someone who's wise yeah in the moment because i'm not sure that, this thing yeah i'm not sure that for us it's always a cut you're, you're wise it's like a, i don't think the implication for us i don't know how proverbs is using this solomon but like it's it's not that you're wise and you will never do anything foolish yeah so maybe it's uh circum- circumstantial you know mm-hmm. like hey this thing was not a wise thing this thing you were behaving like a fool you know, well, what about this other thing I'm doing? Oh no, that was totally wise. You know, like maybe it's a, we can, we can make it. Okay. Let's take out the like sexual sin. Sure. And things that people will call like, like not okay, but we, we could be debatable on sin or not. So for example, as a husband, like if you're screaming at your wife all the time, yeah, mm-hmm. at the least you're a fool. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, we, Pierce is halfway deaf. So huh? Pierce is She's the exception. me all the time. Yeah, screaming at me all the time. Hannah, yeah. you're such a fool. Why are you screaming at your husband all the time? You know what I'm saying? On. Like something yeah. that would be debatable. Like, is this, is this a sinful thing or not? Mm-hmm. We would, we would at least say, Hey, look, this is not the wisest way to handle your yeah. wife. Yeah. Or well, your husband it, in Hannah's case. Yeah. To, <laughs> to continue going with that same line of thinking, right? So Proverbs 14, 16 says, the one who is wise is cautious and turns away from evil but a fool is reckless and careless. Mm. So it's not just a delight in things that are foolish. It's, I, 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 I don't really, care. I don't care. You know, there's a, there's an element don't, of, I don't care. About don't ca- I wonder what that is. Like, I don't care about what. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, it, it's funny that it says reckless and careless because wreck, R-E-C-K means care with care. Careless so, and careless. So yeah. So <laughs> reckless means without care. Mm-hmm. And then so careless, careless also means without care. Yeah. So, I mean, they're obviously two different Hebrew words, sure. but in English, they technically mean around the same, <laughs> same thing. <laughs> so care, I'm guessing careless is more so like a general life perspective than it is like, I don't care in this moment. Yeah. Because I can think about a lot of times when I don't care. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I say a lot like, oh, I don't care about that. Right. You right, know, right. but it's, um, but I think it has to be tied in with the other things that said about the fool. Like they don't take advice. They're not interested in wise counsel. They're not interested in, in, uh, uh, holding back their babbling tongue. They're not in, they're interested in folly. They're interested in wickedness. Like they have. So with the idea of Proverbs being this idea of, I want to teach you how to be wise. I want to teach you how to live well. 
the whole context of Proverbs, I think the fool has to be in that regard. Like they don't care about wisdom. Uh, 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 I see. So the whole conversation of Proverbs is the woman of wisdom and the woman of adultery and then wisdom and foolishness. So the whole framework is here's how to be wise. I don't care about wisdom. And the fool doesn't care about wisdom. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that makes more sense. Yeah. And and so that's if you look at the book contextually, I think. Which I think we have to. Yeah, yeah. I think it has to be put from that perspective. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that makes a lot more sense because it's not like I don't, like if someone offers me a steak or a steak, (laughs) <laughs> right. I don't really care. Yeah. And they're both wise decisions. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, uh, like being serious, I, I think there's a, the contradiction I think is, is that like if, so for example, if we found out someone was screaming at their wife all the time, someone we knew and we yeah. went to them and we're like, Hey bro, this is not, this is not a good way to, to treat your wife. And they were like, I don't freaking care. I'm going to do what I do. That's, that's the, I don't care about wisdom yeah, and right. I only care about doing what I think is right, which yeah, yeah. back to the earlier conversation seems to still be in the vein of a fool's right in their own eyes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Uh, one of the things, this is a verse that plays in my head all the time. Um, so Proverbs uh, 17, 27 and 28, whoever restrains his words has knowledge. He who has a cool spirit is a man of understanding even a fool who keeps silent is considered wise. When he closes his lips, he's deemed intelligent. Uh, and, and so I think about that phrase a lot. Like that, so there, there, is, there is something about the restraint of the tongue. We see that in the book of James even. There's something about the restraint of the tongue that is countered to babbling. Like it's the opposite side of that coin. And so one of the things that I think about... Um, I cannot remember where the video was. And right now I can't remember the context that'll come to me. I promise as soon as we're done recording, but there is a, there was a video of a guy who was talking about how one of the things that you can do to appear more intelligent is to speak less Mm -hmm. because people who speak less are automatically considered to be more thoughtful. Mm. So he says, try this next time you're in a big group of people where everybody's just talking about different things and stuff and sit back and listen, like intently listen. And he goes, it automatically conveys to the people who are with you that you're smarter. (laughs) And and he goes, oh, he was talking, it was about business. It Mm -hmm. said, so when you're invited into a business meeting, let everybody else do the talking before you say anything. He goes, it automatically gives you the upper hand. It automatically creates the perception that you are more in control than anybody else, that you're more stable. And so like, even from a secular business perspective, this guy's just saying like, you know, and and, yeah. And so the idea that like, hmm, you know, (laughs) okay, just kind of sitting there taking it all in. So I love this idea that even a fool is considered wise when he shuts up. (laughs) And and so this is actually talking more about the wise person because of the previous verse, you know, like restraint. But he goes like, look, if even a fool can be considered wise when he shuts up, think about what a wise person would be considered if they shut up. But uh, (laughs) it's just, it's just funny to me. I I, I like this. Uh, This is such a confusing verse. (laughs) So uh, let's see here. 26. Where, what chapter? Tw- chapter, 26. Oh, chapter 26. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and we'll, I'm going to, I'm going to read this whole section here in a second, but let me point out two verses really quickly, four and five answer, not a fool according to his folly, lest you be like him yourself. So in other words, don't, don't tell a fall a, a fool, like according to his folly, don't, don't handle a fool the same way he's handling you or you'll be a fool yourself. And then the next thing is answer a fool according to his folly, lest he be wise in his own eyes. That's so, funny. <laughs> so it's like, don't answer him because then you're going to end up being a fool arguing with the fool, but you better answer him or he's going to think he's right. And it's like, well, crap, what do I do? <laughs> so the context here, 
is this is a text that for whatever reason years and years ago probably 20 years ago i heard your dad highlight in a sermon and i loved it ever since and it's so let me begin in verse one of chapter 26 it says like snow in summer or rain in harvest so honor is not fitting for a fool like a sparrow in its flitting like a swallow in its flying a curse that is causeless does not alight a whip for the horse a bridle for the donkey and a rod for the back of fools Answer not a fool according to his folly, lest you be like him yourself. Answer a fool according to his folly, lest he be wise in his own eyes. Whoever sends a message by the hand of a fool cuts off his own feet and drinks violence. Let a lame man's legs, uh, like a lame man's legs, which hang useless, is a proverb in the mouth of a fool. Wow. Like one who binds the stone into the sling is one who gives honor to a fool. Like a thorn that goes into the hand of a drunkard is the proverb in the mouth of a fool. Like an archer who wounds everyone is one who hires uh, a passing fool or a drunkard. Like a dog that returns to his own vomit is a fool that repeats his folly. Do you see a man who's wise in his own eyes? There's more hope for a fool than for him. And he just, so he just rips apart and then the, he's like, the fool boom. for 11 verses. And he goes, and if you think you're wise, like if you're wise in your own estimation, you're worse than a fool. You're worse than a fool. And you're just like, oh, crap. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know? Yep. And he just shreds you, like it, he just shreds you here, uh, because it comes back to what's the wise person. The wise person's willing to hear instruction. The yeah. wise person surrounds themselves with other wise people. The wise, so the 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 wise person takes advantage of the counselors, the counselors and the counsel around them, and the fool's like, no, 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 I don't need that. And so if you're like, oh, no, no, I got it, I'm good, I don't need anything else. He goes, man, there's more hope for a fool than you, and the the. The fool's uh, is pretty, pretty sad. Like that's a pretty sad state of affairs. That fool. That's a lot. Yeah, it's a lot of verses dogging on a fool. Well, verse ten, man. Like I, like an archer who wounds everyone is one who hires a passing fool or a drunkard. And I just think like, um, I just I'm thinking of like these arrows being fired, 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 fired. You know, and like somebody who is so useless is like he's like a lame man's legs. <laughs> you know, like. <laughs> Uh, and this is, this is the uselessness of a fool. Um, he's, he says in Proverbs 29, nine, if a wise man has an argument with a fool, the fool only rages and laugh. There is no laughs. There is no quiet. And so this goes back to don't correct a fool in this folly. And, and that's one thing that I've kind of, that's one thing I've kind of learned. So like, Proverbs 29, 8 and 9 says, Scoffers set a city afire, but the wise man turns away wrath. That's similar to what we've read earlier about the fools and the righteous or the wicked, uh, the wisdom. If a wise man has an argument with a fool, the fool only rages and laughs. There's no quiet. And I just think like the fool just, it almost feels like the fool has no regard for anything yeah. except for their own pleasure, their yeah. own their own attitude, their There's, own. Yeah, yeah. Them, it's all centered around them. Yeah. Here's very, a legit question. Yeah. Why do you guys think it is that a uh, church leadership, like pastors and leaders in churches, let foolish people like that stay in leadership? And then it takes them so long to work them out because they're worried about hurting someone's feelings. Yeah. I think that like, as you're reading that stuff, yeah, it's like coming to mind, like situations I've heard of in the last year, year and a half, two years where, there's pain and suffering because it's like everybody's getting shot by an arrow because yep. they're, they're in essence are hiring a fool or a to do things. Yeah. Like here's, here's one outrageous. Think about this. There's a lot of churches that will hire their pastors by committee. Yep. And a lot of times the people serving on that pastor search committee 
are not people who are qualified to be pastors. Right. So you have people, not, I'm not calling those people fools, but you have people no. who are not qualified, not following the pattern of Paul where he tells Timothy, I, or yeah, I left you there to appoint elders. Like yeah. it's not elders appointing elders or leadership appointing leadership. It's people who aren't qualified appointing people for the job who are probably potentially not going to be qualified yeah. because the person picking. And so then we wonder like what happened to our leadership in that church. And now there's yeah. all these, everybody's getting shot by arrows, quote unquote, right? because you've just put a fool in that place. Like yeah. there's a church in San Angelo that they brought a pastor in and I'm pretty sure the pastor's only there because he's trying to steal money. Yeah. And so, you know what I mean? Like we, I'm wondering like how many, how many times in life in general do we put ourselves in these positions because we are quote unquote hiring a fool. Yeah. And everybody's getting shot by an arrow. And then we're so worried about people's feelings when we realize it, that we're like, nope, I'm not going to remedy it quickly because I'm worried about hurting that person's feelings or how will people think about me if I, they, they just think I'm too brutal. Like I'm just going to remove them from leadership. I'll say this to Pat, if there's any pastors that listen to this podcast, I know there's a few, you got to have the nuts to lead your people, shepherd yeah. your people. If there's a wolf in the flock, get rid of it. Yeah. Don't let it stay. We don't care about the wolf's emotions. Yeah. Well, I, I've had a couple of opportunities when I was traveling and preaching full time to come into churches that were searching for pastors. And on just a couple of those occasions, I knew the church well enough where people would go, well, hey, we've got these guys that we've narrowed it down to, you know, what do you think? And they would always start with, well, they went to this, yep, they went to this seminary, they have this degree. And I was like, well, what does he believe about Jesus? Like, what does he, what does he believe about the preaching of the word? How, how's he doing in his family? <laughs> like, what does he look like as a husband? What's mm -hmm. he look like as a father? And it's so funny to me because these little vignettes we get of pastors, the way we do pastor search committees is the committee listens to some sermons. Then maybe they go to the church and hear them preach one time. And then one time they have them come and preach at the church. And then after that, they vote on them. Mm -hmm. And you, you have had, you have had these, uh, fabricated moments where you've seen this person a total of two or three hours. Right. And I'm just thinking, man, growing up like in an alcoholic home where we went to church every Sunday and it felt like a fabricated moment Yeah, from what it was completely different than what was at home. Yeah. And, and so like how I always want to ask those questions, like what's their character? Yeah. Like, have you sat down with them and their family at dinner? Have are you they, like, are they wise? <laughs> yeah. You know, like what, what do they believe about the things of God and what do they believe? Like, and, uh, and so, and uh, you know, uh, a company of fools brings ruin. And so you, you keep doing, I, I, to answer your question, like, why do people do that? And why do they allow them to persist? I think it's because the model we have for how we put people in those roles is wrong. I think that uh, most churches use a model that isn't biblical yeah. to, to put people into those roles. Yep. And a lot of times I, I feel like it's the answer to my question in terms of pastors, why they don't do anything about it is because it's a financially motivated decision. So mm -hmm. you're worried if people don't like the decision. If, if people are so bothered by me, like dropping the hammer on someone who is a fool, um, who's, who's wrecking our church, then it might mean I lose my job. We're yeah. more concerned about our financial security than we are about actually shepherding the flock mm -hmm. of God. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. That, that drives me nuts. And I get it that I'm like a very strong personality and I'm willing to like, to face things head on. But like, I don't understand how you expect to shepherd a flock if you're not willing to fight off the, the bears and the wolves yeah. and the lions. Yeah. Yep. I, in fact, I would say probably if you're not willing to do that, you shouldn't be in pastoral ministry. Yeah. Agreed. 
Yeah. Well, I mean, understanding that the term pastor means shepherd. And so yeah. if you're not willing to shepherd the sheep and care for the sheep. It and, doesn't, yeah, it doesn't mean you just feed. You do feed. Like that's a huge yeah. part of what you do, but there are times you also have to protect. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And if you're worried more about your viability than theirs, mm-hmm. you won't protect very well. Mm-hmm. You'll probably yeah. run. Yeah. Cause well, I mean, in that, in that the good shepherd, that's the model of the good shepherd Jesus gives in John mm-hmm. 10. He says all the other shepherds they see, you know, lays on his life for his sheep. Yeah. And he says the other shepherds don't. Right. right? So, and I know he's speaking of himself in that and, terms, but and I think the it's, false teachers. Yeah. Sure. But I think there's an, there's mm-hmm. a correlation of like a, a shepherd actually shepherds this way. And he does yep. model that for us. It is yep. pastoral ministry is shepherding yeah. in a similar way. He's so, the chief shepherd. Right. Yeah. I, it's just crazy to me that like we, and I know it's a tendency for me to always come back to like church leadership because that's what we do. Mm-hmm. But like, I keep thinking about how many fools I've met through the years that yeah. are in ministry. <laughs> well, and and so let's kind of summarize some of these things. So uh, they believe they're right in their own eyes. Mm-hmm. They refuse to seek counsel or take mm-hmm. counsel, right? Because I think that there's a nuance to that, but they refuse to seek counsel. They believe that wickedness is funny. Uh, they like to engage in foolishness. Uh, they give full vent to their spirit. You know, they say everything that's in their mind. Their babbling mouth leads them to ruin. It's funny you're saying this, and I'm, I'm like picturing like some people, <laughs> like in my head. Like yeah. I can I can hear you telling stories about oh yeah things, and, and I'm like, how yeah. how were we so blind to that stuff for so long? Yeah. But the wise person, on the other hand, is covers over a fence. The wise person mm. seeks counsel. The wise person surrounds themselves with wise people. Mm holds back and gives thoughtful answers, like um, restrains themselves where they need to be restrained. Mm -hmm. Uh, The wise person um, considers like well what they're doing and and finds joy in wisdom and righteousness. Like that's one thing, every time I read that verse about the wise man finding joy in wisdom, I, I think about how giddy I get anytime there's like a new spark in the scripture for me. And I'm just like, like I, I enjoy it. Colin and I were recording some videos a couple of weeks ago for Simpler Bible, and we we try to record 10 a week, and we were recording a set, and I was like, man, these are the best ones yet. And he made fun of me, and he goes, you say that every time. And I'm like, <laughs> and I'm like, uh, I love it, though. I like, I love it. And he goes, well, good. If you didn't, this would be a really hard project to do. <laughs> and I'm, I'm like, I genuinely get excited, though. Like, I get giddy to study the Bible and to teach, and it it boggles my brain that there are Christians who don't find that kind of joy in God. Yeah. 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 And, and so I'm like, so at the very least, what I would say to those Christians is there is something in you that lacks wisdom. Yeah. Because the wise person delights in wisdom. Yeah. They delight in the study and the understanding of who God is. Like there's a, there's a joy that comes with it. Mm-hmm. I would say our, our earlier conversations, Ryan, like early on in our friendship, were probably more foolish than they were wise. And what I mean by that is I think we, we had a tendency to we be, knew better. We had a tendency yeah. to think we knew. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's funny. There were things we argued about, like when we were first friends that I think neither one of us agree with each other, like on neither one of us agree with any stance we had back then is no. what I'm saying. Like, agreed. so like, but we were so sure of ourselves so positive that I think that what I mean is not that we were ultimately fools. I'm just saying like, I think it's we possible foolishly. to behave foolishly without saying I'm an absolute fool all the time. Yeah. So I think that there were there's degrees of foolishness. <laughs> probably. Yeah. <laughs> but we acted foolishly yeah. in those conversations and it's, I will, as an encouragement though, like I think it was those years. I was like 95% fool in my 20s. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was those years of working through that that brought us to 
has brought us to a place where we are, I'll say at least this way, we are all more willing to hear people's thoughts than we were in our like early twenties. Yeah. I'm going to give us, I'm going to try to give us the benefit of the doubt. We still had those conversations. Yeah, you're right. We, we were still trying to dig down and we liked it less because we were more sure of our position. Now, now we are more confident in the things we've learned from the scripture and are, are aware of our, yeah. uh, for example, our last podcast, when you said that about the old covenant, new covenant. Yeah. My, two weeks I, ago. Yeah. Two weeks ago. Sorry. I didn't have anything in me that kicked back. Like, well, that was like, I owned that thought. Yeah. And now I feel like you're attacking me for saying sure. my thought was like, yeah, you correct. were just excited. You just took it and ran. That's the change. I think in my early twenties, yeah, I would have been up. like, wait a minute. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I may have arrived up. at the same place, but it was just an instant for me where I, I don't know when that changed, but now it's not, I'm, I'm not concerned at all. Be serious about this. Nobody will believe me. I have zero concern about being right. Yeah. Which you guys have told me constantly, like, all it seems like in hard conversations is that you're trying to be right. I get that. That's how it's perceived. I have zero interest in me being right. Only concerned about the scripture. Well, yeah. Truth. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Not being correct, but yeah. What the truth is. Yeah. Because some of the conversations you're having with people, hard conversations aren't scriptural. It's just truth. You're, you're Mm -hmm. interested in getting to what is the truth of it. Yeah. 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 I don't, I have zero concern about me coming to win the argument. I don't care what people think about whether I win or lose an argument is what I'm saying. Yeah. Even though I get that it's perceived. The, the, the reason, well, it doesn't matter. I mean, part of the reason that you, that people perceive you as wanting to be right is for one, you see the argument more quickly, mm-hmm. even than somebody like me who's been your friend for 21 years and who knows the Bible the way that I do. You see the argument more quickly and you're processing it faster than me. And I feel the need to respond and create, give you an answer right now. Well, you might not. Yeah. And I, I don't have it yet. Right. And so, yeah. So Cami reminds me all the time. I have to give people room to like process. Yeah. Yeah. And well, we, we talked about that a month, a couple months back, but like the three of us just in private, but, yeah, yeah. but it's, it, I do agree with you. Like I am, I am more willing to, to hear people now than I was when I was in my twenties. I'm more willing to go, look, tell me where I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, tell me what I've missed. And I hope know? that that's a continual journey. I think that's the journey is like, it's not, however you said it, you don't trip over a crack and I'm adding this, you don't trip over a crack and become wise. Mm-hmm. It's a process, I think, of like you glean wisdom from people that are wise. Mm-hmm. And then the more you glean, the, the more wisdom you intake. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And hopefully it's wisdom that sticks and you yeah. don't keep acting like a fool. Yeah. Yeah. yeah there are pieces in the Bible, um, moments in my life where somebody will make a comment about a text. Like, for example, the Proverbs text that we read just a minute ago that I said, I heard your dad preach. Like there, there are texts and conversations that live in my head that every time I'm reading the Bible, I'm like, oh, I learned this one from my buddy Ryan. I learned this one from my friend Scott. I heard this one with my buddy Jed. I learned this one from my friend so-and-so when they Mm -hmm. were in some, like, I can picture those conversations and where I heard that first, you Mm -hmm. know? And, uh, and so I'm, I'm stacking that up more and more. Like people are (laughs) teaching me, you know? My dad said something to me recently. Um, that was really encouraging. He said, he goes, I'm so tired of, um, churches, who are so bent on accomplishing a goal they've set for the year um, that they're not willing to do the ministry. So he was saying like, as an example, he goes, churches who say we want to have a certain percentage of our people doing some kind of small group this year. He was like, but if you accomplish the goal, is it like actually accomplishing the goal or have you just done the percentage? And I'm in my head, I'm like, 
who is this? That's awesome. <laughs> like, yeah. Because for him, that's a change. Yeah. I think mm-hmm. he would have said the opposite of that when I was growing up. Yeah. And I think it's a proof. Like my dad has always, I think, been a very wise man. Yeah. Someone agreed. who people recognize as a wise man. Agreed. And here's someone who has grown in wisdom even in the last 20 still. years. Yeah. Still. Mm-hmm. Still growing. And yeah. so that's that's the encouragement, I think, is like, this is a process of continual growth for us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is what a wise man, wise person and wants. In fact, I bet it's accelerated. Like if you're someone who be, becomes more yeah. wise than fool, I bet the acceleration of your wisdom goes up. Yeah, mm-hmm. I bet so. I'm saying that, but I'm just no. I bet you're right. Yeah. Well, that branches to a conversation um, that we had last year at some point, I believe, talking about like, can we can we hinder growth? Can we hinder those things? And I think we have, we're being foolish if we remain in foolishness. Um, then it seems yeah. seems to be yeah, absolutely. Like we're. Uh, caught up in that way it doesn't being a fool or wise doesn't um change salvation right, right. but in pursuit in pursuit of the lord it seems like uh but it can bring pursuit ruin. of wisdom yeah yeah it can be ruined. well yeah. how many people have we known who are like part of church walking with jesus to some it seems like it mm-hmm. and then they get a girlfriend or boyfriend and they want to sleep with them and live with them and they're just gone mm-hmm. yeah and they're like i don't want to be part of this anymore because now there's this yeah. sense of like i have to know that this is not okay what i'm doing and so they dive into foolishness mm-hmm. Um, well, because they're wanting to, they yeah. want to be justified in that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, I know people again, like you picturing people faces in my head that are really walking faith, faithfully with Jesus now. And will tell a story of, you know, 20 years ago, I made this mm-hmm. decision. It ruined my marriage, led to a divorce. And now thank God I'm walking with Jesus. And yeah. stuff. But like, I don't think anybody who has walked in wisdom and looked back on their foolishness has gone ah, it was okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, right. I think wise people grieve those moments of, mm-hmm. of foolishness because yeah. there's ruin in it. There's yeah, sadness yeah. in it. Like it, two Christian people I was talking to recently and, and um, they're Christians and they're divorced and they're like, I just don't understand why it's so hard. Like, I know it was the right move. I know that my marriage was in a really bad place. I know that it wasn't great for us or the kids or whatever. But like, it's so hard. I was like, well, yeah, it's hard because it's not how it was meant to be. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's hard. There's loss. Yeah. At some point you were starry eyed people in love and yeah. like there's loss, you know? Yeah. And, and so, um, compound that with being foolish. Like you've ended in this place because of something you've done or something, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like, yeah. and that's hard because you're living in a perpetual state of emotional tension. It's so hard. It, yeah. So and, it's, and so with that's fo- worse than like other decisions because you're, you're constantly living yeah. with a little bit of that. Yeah, it's on your I, mind at heart. I look back at uh, just stupidity of mine from my teens and twenties, and I just it grieves me sometimes. And I'm like, man, what a waste. And I'm really grateful that God kept any of that ruin from following <laughs> me into my forties. Mm-hmm. But and even like on a like not as heavy of a topic, like you when I met you, you like literally had no money. Like yeah. literally, like I remember you moved to San Angelo and you lost all your furniture because it rained on the open trailer when you guys are on the way to San Angelo. Yep. Like you didn't have anything. Nope. Yeah. Had like throw, he literally had to throw had, away all my books. He had literally had, all my furniture. had nothing. Like Eeyore back then. Yeah. <laughs> just, but, just sad and, and everything's <laughs> happening to you. You just destroyed. But I bet you would say now on like not a heavy topic, you would say now, even though you had nothing back then, you probably could have started investing a little bit back then. Oh, for sure. That's what I mean is like, it, it was foolish to not look at the Other opportunity yep. and move forward. You didn't stay in that foolishness. No. You shifted and moved and changed. It wasn't it's hard. also but, why I've been having conversations with my boys about investments since they were five. Now, right. Mm-hmm. And that's why our kids 
have investments now mm-hmm. and they're starting in a different place. So, but I'm just saying like, how, even apart from the Adeline? seven months. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she's already got 40 grand in investments. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. <laughs> she, she's already got, she's like into she's ADA. It, yeah. She's doing great, man. My boys. <laughs> yeah. So like Grayson is trying to get to, he wants 2000 tokens of ADA. Wow. Like ASAP. So, the the estimate is ADA will be worth sometime somewhere between eight and twelve dollars. We'll see. But like yeah. let's just let's just be like super conservative. What if it hits five dollars? Um by the time he graduates eighth grade, yeah. He'll have ten thousand dollars yeah. of his own money. Yeah. You know, chilling, which is a little less because I'll have to pay taxes on that. Right. <laughs> right. Pull that out. But you know what <laughs> right. I'm saying? Like that's eighth grade. Yeah. I yeah. was trying to figure out how to make fake dollar bills to put in the snack machine <laughs> at, right, at Glenn yeah. Middle School. That's and Grace funny. is going to have 10 grand, of yeah. which he will not take out. He will reinvest. And yeah. But it's a, it's, a, it's a wisdom thing. He is, my kids are hopefully learning to glean. Yep. That process, I think, started with me um, learning from, from other people in my life and, and how to do that. And I want to pass it on to my yeah. kids and hopefully they'll be able to, to, to do that for their kids as well. Yeah. yeah. Fool's delight and frivolity. And, and I, I don't want my life to be frivolous. Mm-mm. Which is why on a side note, I know this is like the last thing, the one, the one thing I agree with that Dave Ramsey says about credit cards, mm-hmm. even though he's completely opposed to them is he says the reason he's opposed to them, even though there's obviously benefits with having the rewards is that people tend to spend more money when they have a credit card. Agreed. Yeah. And it's I think easy. we, all three of us not only agree with that, we exemplify that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, even though we're probably really good with the little bit of money we have, we probably also spend more money than we would if, if we didn't have a credit card. If we were card. just doing oh, cash. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So that's even another thought is like, it's just recognizing and, the... And I am pretty disciplined with my money. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I still find it easy to just spend money. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. So there's some, there's a lot of, I think, wisdom, side mm-hmm. note, wisdom conversations yeah. you could have. Yeah, absolutely. I'm not opposed to credit cards like he is, but I understand his position. Yeah. Yeah. So are you a wise or are you a fool out there? In this moment. In this moment. We Here's a yeah. really simple viewpoint. Don't be a jack wagon. Don't be a jack <laughs> wagon, man. Don't do it. Um, yeah, it's at this moment. Yeah, like we're, we're yeah, it's, it's, or we'd love to hear your stories. Like, yeah. We want to hear how you've We want to hear just how you've been a fool. Uh, I think there is, um, there's grace exemplified in the midst of us being foolish sure. and there is, sure. uh, and there is God uh, shaping us and molding us to, to, to be, to be his people, to be, to be, uh, there is grace and it cannot change your identity. Yeah, absolutely. But one of the things that I remind my boys of all the time is the, the next foolish decision you make can create ruin that follows you the rest of your yeah. life. Absolutely. Yeah. It doesn't mean you don't suffer the consequences right. of your foolishness. Absolutely. Yeah. It doesn't so. change your identity. doesn't change your righteousness. doesn't change your no. worth, but it might make life a lot harder. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, or easier if you're wise. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I've, I've experienced both of those things and I'm thankful to be on the other end of those. <laughs> um, and just like you had said, Ryan, a second ago, I thankful that ruin hasn't followed as far as it could. Yeah. And it could just keep perpetuating. Yeah. And we've seen people who remain foolish and the, ru- the ruin keeps perpetuating and keeps flowing, yeah. keeps following them. And then you get to a point where you're for, from their perspective, like, why is there all these bad things happening to me? Just like you had brought up like, well, uh, <laughs> have you seen, have you seen your life? Have you seen what you're doing? Um, hey, and, something Ryan said, I think is important in the terms of wisdom oh, earlier is like the, I like it. When I I'm think as long important. as, 
as long as there's a sense, you said I'm surrounding myself with people who also love Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. There's a, there's an essence of community, if you will, in this conversation, surrounding yourself with wise people that will keep you from folly. Cause the implication isn't that a wise person can't do something foolish. Right. So don't think for a moment, well, I've made it. Like I haven't done anything that foolish in my life. Like, no, 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 you're capable of, of doing foolish stuff, but it's probably less likely the more you surround yourself with people who are wise and love Jesus. Yeah. Yep. Agreed. Agreed. So yeah, we encourage you to, uh, pursue wisdom, pursue the Lord, um, pursue community. And and, how does Mr. T feel about this? Do what? How does Mr. T feel about all this? Oh man, what I, it's he pities the fool. The fool. Pities the fool. <laughs> I was gonna, don't, don't be a fool. <laughs> That's the great value version of it. <laughs> the great value version. <laughs> don't be a fool. <laughs> I pity the fool. There was so at, the at Hastings. Version. Yeah, that's right. At Hastings, they had uh, these keychains that had like one-liners from famous characters or famous movies and stuff. We had one that was like The Matrix, and it was all the little famous little quips from it. Um, and we had one that was Mr. T. I remember that. I remember those two specifically because it would always end up at random places of the store. And there was one guy, it was his last day at Hastings. He was like, I'm going to have some fun. And so every, every like 20 minutes or so, I'm surprised they didn't kick him out. He'd go over to the intercom microphone with that keychain. He'd press the button here. I pity the fool <laughs> across, <laughs> across the whole intercom system. And it was That's like all awesome. these little Mr. T quips. And he would like throw the keychain down and run away <laughs> every time he did it. It was a good time. I don't, remember. You, I don't remember. It was me. It was my yeah. first day. Um, no, but pity the fool. No, but. No, but don't be Mr. T. Uh, if someone doesn't know what Hastings heed, is, Mr. it used to be the store where you could buy books and rent movies. What are books and movies? Mm-hmm. <laughs> what you are books and DVDs? Tapes yeah, we did, yeah. Hastings. Uh, I had to describe CDs actually, to my boys the other day. Oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> I remember you were sharing me sharing with me some of your stories from Hastings. I never had to worry about VHS. I was just DVDs and Blu-rays. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you had to, did you have to rewind them and all that fun stuff? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, we, we, had, a, we, we had, had a rewinder. The, yeah. Like a machine yeah. that did it for you, like real quick. We were the last... Uh, we were the last Hastings in the U.S. that had the library system. So oh people would go out and find the box of what they wanted, and there'd be a little plastic card in the back of the box. I remember that. They'd bring you the plastic card, and then we went and got it from the library behind mm-hmm. us. I remember that. Yeah. yeah. Ah, Blockbuster. I think Albertsons, we talked about this one time on a podcast. I think Albertsons had a similar system. Albertsons was also way smaller than Mm -hmm. Hastings was. But I remember renting, we rented Dante's Peak from Albertsons one time. Mm -hmm. We rented uh, Armageddon. From there one time, all the end of the world. Yeah, things. I was gonna say from Albert natural wow. disaster movies. Yeah, know, right, <laughs> that's funny. My grandma would be like, she'd be picking, finishing groceries, back. You want to go pick out a movie? And I'm like, oh my gosh, yes. can we? You can flip we over find one where the world's over end? all the it boxes, so trying to find. Fun. It was so much fun, man. Yeah, and trying to find that card and like rush over and be like, I'm trying to catch up with Momo. I gotta get yeah, my card. Yeah. That's awesome, dude. Anyway, so. um Check out Steven. I don't have a cool, I don't have a cool train. I was like, speaking of Momo, <laughs> uh, we're at the Garden Audio as always. So go, uh, go, go say hi to Steven. The way that you can 87 do that Realty. is 87 Realty Group on Instagram. Uh, that's him and his wife's uh, Realty Group, Realty Team here in the San Angel area. So give them a follow if you're interested in real estate tips and tricks or, uh, or topics, or just if you're wanting to buy in the area, they share, share a lot of properties as well there. So give them a follow. If you're not interested in that, go shoot a message over there. Say, Hey man, thank you for everything you're doing for Simpler because, because we're kicking off Simpler Worship as well. And this is, this is the same studio where Micah and Steven are going to be working on Simpler Worship and getting things recorded. Uh, speaking of Simpler stuff, Simpler Bible is, is, 
out and, and going strong. It's going great. So if you are interested in daily biblical videos that, that push for biblical growth, knowing the scriptures better. Or sponsoring better, Simpler Bible. Or sponsoring Simpler Bible, you can go to simplerbible.com. I believe is the URL. It'll be, it'll be linked yeah. in the show notes. Yeah, simplerbible.com. You can follow along on all the platforms for them. Yep. Uh, subscribe where you can, watch where you can, listen where you can, be involved as much as you want to be. There's there's blog posts you can read and follow along with. There are the videos and the podcasts as well that you can do uh, as you're doing the blog notes or as you're as you're traveling, whatever. They've got it's a great resource. It's a phenomenal resource. And if you're interested in going beyond just being a participant or a listener, definitely sponsor sponsor a day. I, I don't know how y'all have it give, uh, the giving lined up on there. Yeah, we don't have um, a great system right now. We're but working on, working on the system. But it'll be there will be ways to give to be able to to pay for a day of the year, uh, multiple days of the year, however you want yeah. to, however you want to do that. So sponsored yeah, over it's, there. It's taking us about each about twenty hours a week of work yeah. to create these daily videos. Yeah, I feel like eighty seven realty groups should sponsor us. I know, right? <laughs> Got all these sponsorships going. <laughs> yeah, we're shouting them out every episode. What's going on? Then uh, and, and sponsorships as well. Speaking of sponsorships, getting involved. Uh, Micah's uh, website is also linked in the description below, where you can see uh, everything that he's got going on with his ministry. Specific, more specifically, Eagles Wings Disc Golf. Uh, give him a follow on social media. I know we talk about Eagles Wings a lot here with with Micah traveling and being on the road with the Disc Golf Pro Tour, uh, with with the pro athletes, with what they're doing with the chapel services through Eagles Wings and things like that. We talk about it a bunch on here. Follow Mike on social media. See what's going on. Be more involved. And if you want to sponsor his ministry this year and his travels this year, you can do so at MicahMariano.com. There's going to be a donate tab on there. Uh, go and donate. Every, every penny goes goes towards his ministry and you can continue to see what the Lord is doing and working um, through Eagle's Wings and through Micah as well. It's, it's pretty awesome. It's, we, we love being able to share and talk about those stories here, but you being able to be involved online and being able to be involved through giving, there's just it just gives them a, a bigger step of, uh, of you seeing what's going on and seeing what God is doing. Uh, hey, follow us on social media. We're at Simpler Pod. You can go see clips. You can go see memes. Go see fun stuff over there. Um, and that's also a great way to get a hold of us. If you ever want to know more topics, if you ever if you have a conversation that you want to pursue, you there's places you can comment on Spotify and YouTube, social media, Instagram, and Facebook will be the easiest way for us to be able to see uh, everything you're saying. So interact with us on there. Know that was a ton of information, and I know you stuck around for every single bit of it. We love you guys. <laughs> and uh, keep crisis core. What could be simpler than that? Catch y'all in February. Peace. Nice.